Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello and welcome to the Winners Find Away Show. I am your host, Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity and Athletic Influencer Marketing, aim for NIL. Thrilled to be here. Most people know me as an international speaker and longtime coach in professional baseball coaching in three World Series. And so today I welcome my friend and guest, Wendy Lieber. Wendy, how are you doing? I am doing great. So excited to be here. Thank you. I am excited for you to be here. Listen, when you have a company called Content Bacon, like I have a lot of expectation for some serious sizzle because I love bacon, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, Content Bacon? What does that mean? So you are the CEO of Content Bacon, a subscription service marketing firm. We're going to get into that here in a minute. But before we do, Wendy, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, super simple, contentbacon.com, or just search my name. I'm anywhere and everywhere. So really easy, and I love hearing from people. There you go. And you can always find her on LinkedIn. Very easy way to go and get all her good bio there. And so now you're a Jacksonville girl, born and raised. I always like to say, you know, I meet Florida people, so you're the one from Florida, right? Like that's you're actually from there, which is pretty cool. Now living in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, and you're a Seminole. I am. You got all that right. Yes. Yeah. Florida State girl. What was Florida State like for you at university? Did you study marketing? Oh, yeah. Florida State was great. You know, just the whole sports scene, football games, big campus, kind of northern Florida. It's got a very traditional college feel. It was amazing. I loved every moment of it. Yeah, that's awesome. It seems like an incredible place. And, you know, we only really see it. I've only really seen it on TV, you know, during games and things like that. When they do the shots of the campus and what's going on, I've had obviously being a professional baseball guy, I've seen and met a lot of people that went through school there. Right. Yeah. And so very cool, man, that's a good experience to have that program. Then you did your MBA at Nova Southeastern. Did you have a focus in on marketing or did you have a project at the end where like, hey, you felt like I just keep going this direction or was that something you knew was going to happen? It was a general MBA. I was working also at the university while I was studying for my MBA and I was in classes with a lot of professionals, like a lot of people that were already working. And so just did a lot of case studies, a lot of project work that I loved. And so I just really enjoyed helping launch products, learning about launching products and services and promoting them. And so I would guess I'm one of those few people who picked my major and then really like picked the right major because I've always loved it and continue to love it. Yeah, I, that's funny. I think that's funny. I'm like, you got me thinking, did I like, did I pick the right major? Like, I do think about that now. Um, I'm a teacher, 
by trade. Like ah. I, I went to university to study teaching and uh, got a minor in health and science because I love the the fitness side of things, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was one of those guys who recognized like very late student teaching that I do not want to go to the schools and teach every day. Like this is yeah. not calling me to go to this workplace with these kids, which I felt was kind of like Groundhog's Day where it repeated itself every day. And so I was like, man, probably a bad time to find out, but not exactly what I want to be doing. So is what it was, you know? And so learned a lot from that. I really got on to life and that's where coaching became the really my background for the education. That was huge. So now you leave MBA school, got a bunch of experience around private equity groups and really how you get your start in business the first time. Is that fair? So I worked for a couple you know, more traditional consumer product, consumer durable companies, doing marketing, did a lot of trade shows. One of my goals at one point was, I hope I get to a point where I never have to organize and set up a trade show again, because um, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. But one of the the last companies I work for, worked for, um, I headed up marketing and Part of that was acquisitions. They were owned by a private equity group. And so I just learned more about that side of the world. You know, these, these groups that, you know, buy up majority stakes in established companies to grow them, roll them up, sell them. And it was just fascinating. And I got really interested in that aspect of the business and how marketing plays a role in you know, getting a higher multiple, getting more exposure? Is it a strategic acquisition? Is it a financial acquisition? So it wasn't something I learned in school. It was like I learned it on the job. But as a result of that, after working probably about a, a decade or so, just in kind of more traditional marketing roles, I branched out on my own and did some consulting work for several private equity groups. So that's really where my entrepreneurial spirit was awakened, where I was like, oh, wow, like, I don't actually have to work for other people. I can do this on my own. And so, you know, that's, again, you know, where I started my first company, Content Bacon is my second company. I, I know you're a serial entrepreneur. So two is like nothing for you. But but yeah, so my first company was a company called Athena Marketing. I did a lot of more customized consulting for companies to help really just increase their value through marketing. And so loved that experience, but was really looking to play a bigger game, something that I could scale, something that didn't need me because I was very much the product of Athena Marketing. It was me doing all the work, all the processes were in my head. You know, I have tons of lessons learned about that, but entered a program called EO Accelerator and through that, my business partner at the, you know, we, we both had different companies and saw just this huge need for companies needing lots of content, content to tell their story, content to engage. And so that's where the idea for a content subscription was born, you know, given birth to and Content Bacon was launched right around 2015. That's yeah. And, you know, I think it's even more prevalent now, right? I mean, eight, nine years later, we're talking about like, man, great content, great content. <laughs> it's it's a big deal. And, and it's tedious. There's a lot of work for companies to do it, even though you're doing it internally. How you present that externally is a little bit, you know, more refined, right? So that's yeah. huge. Now, let's hear your Southern accent because what oh, you know, a lot of you may not know is you're a Southern belle raised by two Southern Georgian lovely people. South, South Carolina. 
Oh, South Carolina girl. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. South Carolinians. Yep. So <laughs> South Carolinians. No, I don't want to hear that Southern accent because you know I don't get to hear it all the time. <laughs> well, I should have my parents on because they they have very strong Southern accents. I don't know if I can fake it right now, but but yeah, when we moved from Jacksonville to South Florida when I was 13, I definitely had a Southern accent, so I I stood out and has morphed to whatever it is. Sometimes I yeah. get told like, oh, you sound like you're from California or something. But the, so y'alls will, will come out every once in a while, you know, some of those natural tendencies, but I don't have much of an accent anymore. At least I, I don't think I do. No, it doesn't sound like it as much <laughs> anymore at all. It's hard to hear in you, but was there a word that you remember like as a kid, like in Florida where People were always getting on you because you said it one way, you know, tomato, tomato. Like, and you're like, come on. Like, yeah. I mean, I like my dad is infamous for saying mate, like maters, like for tomato, tomato, yeah. so like, maters. And so I think sometimes those words would come out, even just like y'all. I mean, again, that seems like pretty, you know, people but instantly would be like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Call me out on it. But, there's definitely others. I think I used to say, and I'm not even sure, like vehicle, you know, yeah. like there's, there's definitely words I say that are Southern and not correct that I don't yeah. even realize it until someone points it out to me. Well, I don't know if it's incorrect. It's just like, you know, another way to say it, right? I don't yeah. know if it's right, <laughs> wrong, but like, I love now here's, um, I want to get into the Southern accent, kind of how, you know, separated you a little bit in the early days. I want to get back into that in a second, but what most people don't know about you, Wendy Lieber, is that you write erotica as a little side hustle. Is that accurate? Well, it's not a hustle yet. <laughs> um, but given that, you know, this space I'm in is very creative, lots of storytelling. Yeah, I started doing it a couple years ago. And it's really fun. It's a really great way to like tap into passion, not just passion on the erotica, but really it's just passion in general. And I am going to do something with it. But yeah, it's been kind of a, a fun thing. I've done a couple readings with close friends, but I haven't done anything super public. So um, I'm being yeah. super vulnerable here sharing that, you know, yeah, mom, yeah, yeah. Mom, mom, dad don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not listening to podcasts anyway. They, right? do. Like, they listen to my stuff. It's really sweet. But um, that's awesome. Yeah. By the way, big business. I mean, that is, is not a small space at all. So that's uh that's an interesting thing. You know, who knows, who knows where that's going to go. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's talk in, let's get back into winners find a way, which is really, you know, a lot of talk about winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. I mean, talk to me, walk me through maybe one of those early stories of challenges you face and just thought like, Hey, I mean, I assume that at 14 years old, you didn't know you'd be running a multi-million dollar marketing firm and MBA and, and all this. I mean, I'm not sure what 13-year-old all has that vision so far ahead, but yeah. walk me through where you thought you were going and how this kind of went the way. I ne definitely never considered myself an entrepreneur. I was super shy as a kid, like painfully shy. My mom used to say like, I used to practically cry when she would drop me off to like Girl Scouts or something. So, you know, and now like, it's very hard for me to even tap into that because I don't feel like I'm shy at all. So I think like building confidence, you know, going back to getting my MBA with a lot of other professionals, that definitely was a huge confidence builder for me and really realizing like I had the chops to like keep up with conversations, keep up with things. But, you know, I think 
starting a company and all of the things, all of the mistakes that I've made as an entrepreneur have over time built confidence. And I I really admire and love like your mentality around winning because I've taken that on where like, no matter what I do, I'm going to win. And even if it doesn't feel like a win, like I turn it into once I make it useful. And that's just come with experience and like turning failures into wins and not taking everything so seriously. But I definitely think, you know, just being really shy as a kid and not having maybe just not equating it to confidence or, or whatever, whatever I felt at the time. And, and now, you know, however many years later, again, like I love speaking, I love interacting with people. You can put me in any situation and I'm going to have fun and have a good time. So, you know, I guess um, that saying, sometimes you have to look back to have the courage to move forward. You know, when I think back and do a little bit of a, you know, retrospective, it's like, wow, you know, I've I've definitely come a long way and I can pat myself on the back for that. It's a big 180, right? To, I mean, Girl Scouts being early, you know, late junior high, early teens. And then, and I remember hearing this thing about like, if someone's going to go on stage, like they were like, oh my God, I'd rather die. (laughs) (laughs) They speak publicly in front of people. And, you know, we're not talking about speaking publicly in front of people. We're talking about going to Girl Scouts with some peers that I may not know. Um, but I'm right. going to get to know them. They're my age. It's not, you know, I'm going with the high school kids and it's going to be very different. So it's a real 180 to develop that. And I think one of the, and I think you touched on this, which is one of those big things of the the things we do, right? You go to college and you're thinking, I think there's a lot of people who think like, oh, college isn't for me. I don't have that level of intelligence. To you. And then you get there and find out people are just like you, like, right. and they're struggling with learning disabilities that are struggling with certain classes and like, I'm not good at math. And should I really be in math class? You know? And so if you're in engineering, Hey, maybe this isn't your place, right? Maybe you should go over to marketing and some other things. Or if you love numbers and you're not doing it, like accounting is calling and, and maybe right. there's another place. And so part of that journey is finding where my strengths are and God given abilities are and matching that up. But what I do find is, is that we're all kind of, scared young adults trying to figure it out. And we don't really know what we're great at yet. And even though different is not better. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Like when we moved from Jacksonville to South Florida, for whatever reason, the school system in Jacksonville was way more advanced. So when we moved down, like I was ahead. And so that was like another thing, like, you know, I was in classes with people you know, one, two years older than me also. So that probably was another, you know, a a little intimidating, but I also liked it. Like I've always liked change or challenges, even if I've been scared about it. I've always like, there's also been like the opposite side, like the excitement of what's possible, which again, you know, I just feel really lucky that that's a little bit part of my DNA because you know, that's part of life, right, is change and challenges. So, you know, I really feel lucky that move at 13 happened, because I think it probably was really good for getting over my shyness and developing. And, you know, who knows, you know, what I would have been like if I would have stayed in Jacksonville in my comfort zone versus being thrown into a little bit of, of culture shock. So, I feel really grateful that, you know, my dad got transferred and they were willing to take that move and maybe not be like, oh, you know, let's not take the kids out of their school, but we're like, let's do that, which 
again, I feel, I feel really grateful for. Yeah. And I think we talked a little bit about this offline, which the, the South Florida area <laughs> is, is a dichotomy of like America, so right? It, it's just immigrant city. And I mean, even, even these worlds of Fort Lauderdale, Miami, which are about six miles apart right. are like two vastly different cultures. Right. And it's a very unique part of the country. And I, and by the way, I can imagine your mother and father not feeling super like comfortable with their high end Southern accents <laughs> oh, yeah. down in Miami, which is mostly a Latino accent. Right. It's like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of the Latin culture that comes into the Miami area. I mean, even to the fact that most of the signs are both in English and Spanish in Miami, you know, like this is not uncommon. Absolutely. And so it's a very, probably a significant change. And uh, yeah, I think there is one of those confidence things in there, even though a little uneasy as a young lady going to class with kids two years older. Sometimes there's also like, Hey, she's pretty smart. Like she's two years younger than us in our classes. Right. And so yeah. there's a little bit of a, a chip of a, Hey, I don't know if you know or not, but I'm kind of the smart one here, you know? And so I think there's some confidence in that, right? Absolutely. I love it. So when you think about looking back and you kind of talk about the challenge of going into the unknown and being really, it sounds like motivated by the challenge, but being uneasy about maybe the social parameters of what might happen, right? With the shyness and things like that. What did you think the worst thing could happen? And did it ever happen? I think the the worst thing is, you know, we're it just always maybe worrying about what other people think. Am I going to look stupid? Am I going to fail? And then it's like, well, you know, when those things do happen, like one, you know, you start to realize what other people think doesn't really matter. And they're usually not thinking about you. They're, they're going through the same stuff you are. And then what is really failure? You know, it's just an opportunity to learn and move on. So I guess maybe those worst things have happened, but they're not really so significant and they're not really the imaginary horrible that you think you are, but you only uncover that by going through it and then realizing that you can handle anything. And so now, you know, I walk around with that attitude, like, you know, I can handle anything. And so, but I think until you go through some of it, right, it is just the unknown, which is also where all the magic happens. If you're not willing to put yourself out there, if you're not willing to take a risk, if you're not willing to fail, if you're not willing to look stupid, well, then you don't know what's what's on the other side. So again, like I think you only come through the other side by going through it. There's no easy way. So I think experiences are, you know, the the magic of life. Yes, I think I love that. And you know, when you think about the MBA and now EO, I mean, in the entrepreneur organization, there's some significant statistics around those numbers, which is, yeah. you know, you probably don't know going in like MBA is hard. Yeah, I got it. Very few people apply. And, and then very few people actually earn their MBA. And there's probably a very fractional percent of people that have an MBA when you consider all of college graduates. Not that, you know, doctors want an MBA, not that, you know, right. People and certain teachers, I don't know if they want an MBA, right? Right, but right. It's a fractional percentage. It's a pretty rough road. 
And that's one thing. And EO is kind of the same thing. When you join the entrepreneur organization, there's a qualifier of a million dollar top line revenue in the business. And of which only 3.4% of businesses in North America have that. So right. you are, you're like, you're in rare air pretty quick, right? Like you're like, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean only three plus percent have this? It's And so now you're meeting people that all have gone and done this and they're impressive, they're admirable, but they're also put their pants on one leg at a time, like they do, just like you do. And you're like going, well, you know, some I'm super impressed by, others not so much sometimes. <laughs> and and I'm like, wow, like, you know, we're all just out here hustling, trying to do our thing to the best of our ability and learn a lot from one another. And this comparison thing is a danger zone and yeah. it's a challenge. And I want to talk a little bit about the dangers of that comparison and, and the celebrations of our differences, Wendy. Walk me yeah. through that. Yeah. So I definitely used to do more of that comparison and feel like if I would see someone, you know, doing way better than me, like you just have those feelings of inadequacy or whatever, you know, just feeling incompetent. And um, you're right. It's, it doesn't lead to anything good. You know? And I think social media has definitely made that worse because you you know you can see what people are doing mm. on social media and you're like oh my god my life is nothing compared to them not not knowing if it's real or not real but something I learned a few years ago and again you know I'm always doing personal development work you know have my own coaches just to ensure I'm always leveling up but like integrating people's wins and successes versus comparing and what I mean by that when you can really look at what others are doing admire them like be grateful you can integrate some of that into your own way of being. And it's just so much more fun to celebrate other people's wins and victories than it is to compare yourself to it. And it's, I think it's, for me, it's one, just noticing when I'm comparing and being like, okay, what's that voice doing? Why is it doing that? And then just shifting to, let me just be so happy for them, celebrate the wins with them. And it, it is just like a mental shift. It's like being aware and then shifting and, and being deliberate about, those thoughts in your head, right? Because if you can think limiting negative thoughts, you can think empowering expansive thoughts. It's just a awareness and choice. And so I've just learned to embrace that. And, you know, I love being around people who are doing better than me, more than me, because then it just has me level up. You know, you are the product of, you know, the five people that you spend the most time with. I mean, it's one of the great reasons to be an EO because there's people that are doing such incredible things, you know, like yourself that I just love surrounding myself with because it inspires me. Yeah, I think it's a key thing to surrounding yourself with winners, people with that mentality. And I like that word integrate. Like I want to integrate their successes. I learned the word R&D from EO, which of course I always thought was research and development, right? And <laughs> in the big companies, that's what it is. You know, in the small companies, it's a uh, rip and duplicate, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, wow, they had a lot of success doing this. That does not mean copyright infringement, take their sure. information. That means like, wow, I can learn how they did that. Someone else showed them that. How would that apply to my business? How can I use that and duplicate that in my own way? They could have a sausage factory and I could be writing a book over here. And how did they duplicate that work structure per day that I could apply over here to my work structure in my day and duplicate that? Because 
quite frankly, even though they're very different, obviously, places to work in, we structure our work a lot of the same, right? So there's a lot of things to learn there. I think that's really good to integrate. Did you ever take like a physical action? And I was thinking about this as you said that, as you said, you know, in my mind, I stop it and say, you know, hey, don't compare. How about like, way to go, Wendy, you are a world beater. Like that is awesome. Like, I just want to celebrate here to the fact that, you know, a physical action for me would be pick up the phone and congratulate them. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, read the article. Amazing, Wendy. You are a superstar on the rise. I just love your work. So happy for you that this is going your direction. And just, hey, know that I'm your biggest cheerleader. I just bought the Wendy Lieber pom-poms. I'm going to be awesome, right? Like, and is there a physical action you'd recommend we take? I mean, I think that what you just mentioned is amazing. Like picking up the phone, writing a comment, sending a handwritten note, just really acknowledging it is goes a long way. It, it makes you feel good and it certainly makes the other person feel good. So you gave the answer right there. That's what there is to do. I'm going to work on it because I think I could really use that. I, I think a physical stoppage, because I think I battle this, right? I think I want like, oh, you know, their, their podcast is better than my podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever, right? But like, just to get on their social even and and change that to say, hey, wow, I love the show today. That was incredible. Way to go. Man, you just have some miraculous guests and the, the show always delivers and so proud of you. And you know what? Go with the gratitude, the encouragement, because that tends, not always, <laughs> tends to shut off my spigot of woe is me. And oh, so absolutely. that works for me. You, you cannot be grateful and feel bad at the same time. You just can't. Okay. And so the more like gratitude is one of the quickest ways to raise your vibration, raise your energy. So by one, just, you know, just internally saying some things you're grateful for, but taking it that step further and actually sharing that, I mean, you know, you're just raising your vibration, raising their vibration, which, you know, might be a little woo woo for some people, but that there's something to that, you know, raising the vibration, you know, big shifts can happen. And if enough people are doing it, like huge shifts can happen. Well, and I think I always say to a lot of people, little things that you do have large impact, especially Absolutely. when you're in roles of leadership and, yeah. you know, authority and responsibility that. are big things. And so when you're in a position of authority, have a great deal of responsibility, you may make very small adaptations and changes. And like you said, even that slight bit of encouragement, all of a sudden everyone goes, whoa, she was the boss said to her. That's awesome. Like, man, they feel like, Hey, I've got to do more of that. I've got to model the boss. I, I really, not only did it didn't even happen to me, but I heard her say it to someone else. And I was encouraged. Like, that's awesome. Like, and, and also I may be driven to get that call from her one day too. So I might want to step up my game subconsciously to get that. And I just think those are big things. Yeah. I often, you know, you talk about like, you know, being in a leadership role and how little things have a bigger impact. I mean, just sometimes something small that I might do with one of my team members, maybe someone that's not one of my direct reports, but, you know, I don't interact with that much where I might hear something or, and just reach out to them and connect and often so amazed by the huge impact and ripple effect it has, because I do think of myself as like, well, I'm just we're all the same. I'm one of them, but 
I'm not, you know, in, in their mind, you know, I'm the CEO, I'm the leader, I guess I carry a different weight. And but using that really sharing that and being more intentional, it does have a huge impact. And again, I often forget that. And I think we can all sometimes get so busy in the doing of all the things there are to do and handle versus how we're showing up and being. And that's kind of where a lot of the power is. That's so good. That is so good. Like, and it's not like, that is not huge thing. That is not like, wow, uh, Wendy has an MBA and I don't. So I, I could never, you know, host a Friday pizza party for everybody. Like what? Of course you can. You can do it. And it doesn't matter about where you've come from. It's about being authentically into it. And you know, that was one of the things I was going to say is like, I really encourage leaders out there to do something for their folks. The little things matter, yeah. like Bagel Friday and the random, no one suspecting it pizza party. I'm always amazed. And one of my lessons early on was in pro sports uh, where we gave a t-shirt. It was like the club, like you made the club, this unique club. I think we called it like the 500 club or something. And you came in and you're all your pre-tests were at like this excellence level and you surpassed these certain amounts. You got the shirt, right? Wendy, these are multi-million dollar athletes going through the wall for a $7 t-shirt, right? Like yeah. it's, Because it's what it says. It's what it yeah. means about me. It's what it says to be. I am already in this exclusive group of premier athletes, but now I am in the most premier group of the physical prowess given me and my position in this organization. And I take that with pride. I worked at this. I take ownership in that. And I people, know. I remember people poo-pooing it. Like, oh, that's dumb. Like, that's a dumb idea. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I, like, I, want, I want that t-shirt. Yeah, right, right? Like, everybody <laughs> wants a t-shirt, man. It's awesome. But, you know, you got to find your t-shirt for your organization. Like, what is it that drives people and wants people to be, you know, just, and because you're going to find your leaders out of that group and, you know, that self-pride. And so I always encourage people as in our leadershipity firm, like, have that special event. I have a great client who does a snack cart and it seems like no big deal, right? Like it's a snack cart, but they go around to all the offices. Everybody picks out stuff. And of course the special snack cart is bonus time, right? Because not only do you get the, you know, the king size Snickers, but you also get your bonus, which is always fun, right? So, <laughs> but here's the thing that I think is a big deal. A managing partner, a CEO, a founder, an owner goes along with the event and Someone or themselves is taking a few notes. And as you move from place to place, conversation to conversation, Wendy turns around to Trent and goes, hey, let's follow up with Teresa on this because I want to send her a note on Tuesday. Can you put that on my calendar? And boom. And it's like, Teresa, I was really sorry to hear about your mom's illness. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. And we're here to support you 100%. And she's like, whoa, I just told her that like at the pizza place on, 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 on Friday. Like, what's up? Like, Hey, I'm listening and I got a little thing, like make the personal touches. Like, come on people. We're, we're in the people business. hundred percent. I love Let's it. Let's talk about change. You love change. You embraced it. And, and my assumption, and is an assumption when you walk me through it, because my assumption is, is that when you had change, change was good for you. And so I don't know if that was always. So walk me through why you think change, because this is uh, I want to get into two things, which is, one is why you love the change. And two, do these Gen Zers and do they have a big advantage? Because it feels like change is constant now. So walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that um, I've always looked at change. It's like created like excitement, like starting from like change in seasons. Cause when I lived in Jacksonville, there were seasons and there was always like that excitement as you were going from one season to another. So I don't know, like, and I'm like, for whatever reason, like I'm very much into weather. And even though I live in South Florida where there's only one season hot and hotter, but anytime anything is happening, change, even if the change doesn't seem good, I, for whatever reason, I, I get excited and I get excited to take it on and turn it into a win and the change, you know, the move that we talked about. I mean, I think there were some definite hard times. There were some you know, definite times where I, you know, I missed my friends or I didn't fit in, or I was with people who had been from grade school, you know, up and I, I didn't have those memories, but I think standing out, being unique and embracing that and using that, it helped turn that into a win for me where I became, where I enjoyed it. I like I liked being the different one versus, you know, kind of fitting in. So that's just carried through. And now like anytime anything even in business happens or something gets thrown at me that I wasn't expecting, I'm not generally one who kind of like freaks out and gets nervous or stressed out. I'm like, all right, let's take this on. Let's figure it out. So Again, I don't know where that came from. I just feel lucky that that's part of my DNA. And I think with what you're saying with, you know, Gen Zers and, you know, all new generation that's been going through so much change, I guess to a certain degree, I think they have an advantage if they look at it that way. I guess Mm. if it has felt unsettling to them, and I think it all depends on how you view it, what your filter is. And I think you can turn anything into an empowering, expansive filter, but you have to be aware of it. So I do think in some ways they have an advantage or could turn it into one. I think I think they could tell the story however they want to, right? Because if they told us a story like, oh, I grew up during or, you know, COVID and it interrupted my senior year, you know, we could like get, get behind that and be like, oh, you poor thing versus yeah. Yeah. like, hey, like I had to overcome this and it was unique. And I had to, you know, like, I think again, it's just how you view it and what story and you can always rewrite the story. Yeah, it was awful. I started Zoom. You know, I started a little <laughs> Zoom company. <laughs> made made billions, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's um but it is the story, right? And it's funny because two kids sitting right next to each other having the exact same experience, we could say, "Hey, woe is you. Oh, that's awful. Oh, I can understand the anxiety, the depression. Yep, it makes a lot of sense to me. I can be empathetic to that." And I can also be here, the exact same person sitting right next to him going, it was awesome. I didn't have to go to school. (laughs) I hate school. And I was like, man, I found my passion in this. And I got to work twice as much. I saved all my money. I never had a single debt in college. And man, I I just used my time, you know, and you're like, oh, but, and, and by the way, the other person did that too, but that's not their narrative, right? It's, it's not their talk. No, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's the narrative. It's what you make it mean. It's a big deal. It's a big big deal. deal. When you were going through like, and and you had like hard times and you felt like, Hey, you felt a little down, a little woe is me. You're in that game, whatever the game, and you feel like you're losing. And did you have something that you went back to? Did you journal? Did you have something you read? Was there a quote that like really meant something to you? Like, cause I think there's a lot of people that are challenged in these times. You know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, right? Yeah. If that's the case, let's talk about 
how that comes through and what people might find to keep them online in the direction they need to get back to and get on the line to success? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things I do, like my, my go-tos when I'm not feeling my best. One is I work out, you know, so getting the body moving, even if it's just a walk, I mean, that generally changes my mental state fairly quickly. So that's my, you know, my number one go-to is get physical. I think making sure I'm getting good sleep. If you're not getting good sleep, the world can look really bleak. I think things like meditation, journaling are definitely part of my morning routine. I have a really great morning routine where I spend, I spend like a good hour, you know, getting my head on straight through meditation, intention, some journaling, maybe I'll read something positive or or watch some YouTube videos that, you know, are positive. So just having that part of my, you know, my routine, I really look forward to it. And no matter how I wake up, I'm going to put myself in the right mindset. And then, you know, like we talked a little bit about earlier is, you know, gratitude, you know, just being aware and conscious of some things to be grateful for, which there are always things to be grateful for are another just great way to shift your energy, your vibration. I think what you mentioned, you know, reaching out and acknowledging people like giving something, you know, being helpful. So those are all like things in my toolbox. And depending on what's going on in my my life, I might use all of them. (laughs) I might only need to use one or two. Um, I definitely invest in, you know, I have my own coach to, you know, just always be leveling up my game and looking at different areas. I just, you know, was sharing with my team this week. And one of the things I do on a routine basis is I try to come up with really challenging goals for myself, like things that I don't know how I'm going to do to just like keep myself passionate and engaged in things. It it could be something physical. It could be a financial goal. It could be maybe a tough conversation I need to have, or maybe something I want to learn. But I think having goals that are outside of your comfort zone, for me, always are great ways to continue to develop myself and, you know, growing and learning. So those are, those are some of the things that have become part of, you know, my daily, my weekly routine. I love it. I think that, you know, one thing that I heard, which I thought is really good is the best in the world have a coach. So I ask people that all the time, the best in the world have a coach, Tiger Woods back. I mean, you think about anybody who's really excelling, they have a coach. So if you're going for elite, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. get somebody, a mentor, get somebody who can guide you into some things. I, I think the other thing I would add for someone today is if you're feeling down, if you're feeling not yourself, Wendy touched on this, which is go help somebody. It's very hard to feel bad about yourself when you're helping somebody else. You know, it's uh, it, it has been an absolute recipe for me to get out and physically go mow an elderly person's lawn, you know, whatever. I mean, I will do some crazy things to get out of my own dome. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, it's like just getting out of your head, right? Because a lot of times the feeling bad is like whatever, you know, noise critic, that that inner voice that is sometimes hard to to shut up. And I think, you know, doing those things are ways, ways to do that. I love yeah. also like watching 
documentaries on greatness. Like I love sports documentaries for whatever reason. Like I was just telling someone the other day, like the captain, the Derek Jeter. I loved that documentary. I watched the last dance like over and over. So I just watched that. There's an Arnold Schwarzenegger three part yes, series yes. on Netflix that I just was so inspired by. Cause I just didn't know some of the things about him. You know, I kind of, I don't know, like discounted. Yeah. So things like that really inspire and motivate me too. So I try to incorporate that into my, my repertoire. I love that you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, I grew up in Battle Creek, Michigan and live in Grand Rapids. So Derek grew up in Kalamazoo, you know, right by me. And so, and he, and he made his debut um, when I was in Cleveland in 1995. So it was very cool seeing like a hometown area kid do really well. And obviously he'd gone on to a lot of greatness and that was very cool. But I think with Arnold Schwarzenegger absolutely personifies what you said earlier, Wendy, which is, how many people speak poorly of that guy? Like they say things off the cuff. Oh yeah. Muscle head. You know, I can't believe he was the governor of California. Like they would watch the show. You find out why he wanted to do that. Right. Like why that was important to him and you know, all these things. And you're like going, Whoa, this is a little bit more. And so people like, why would we care what people say when even ourselves admittedly had a real lack of knowledge of what this guy had gone through to get to where he is. And he is, he's the absolute personification of perseverance and a winner finding a way, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Love it. Sure. Wendy, tell them again where they can find you. So LinkedIn, you mentioned, Wendy Lieber, contentbacon.com. I'm on Insta. So Wendy, Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y at contentbacon.com. That's awesome. That's so great. So thank you for everybody else. Winners find a way show every Friday, 1230 PM Eastern, 930 AM Pacific. Come and join us here. The best of these one percenters like my good friends. You are awesome. And until next time, everybody, we'll see you then. Rebellious infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.